Hi, Christina, you with us? Sorry for that small break there in that transmission. Are you still with us? Yes, I'm still with you. Yes, Christina, we were talking about the link between vaping. In the last few years, uh, it, it seems to have been touted as a more popular option to your traditional cigarette and cigar. But apparently, the implications by way of health um, all the same, if not worse, according to some studies. Yes, so first we need to understand what e-cigarettes or vapes are. So they are electronic devices that heat a a liquid called nicotine. Um, You know, that is used to produce a vapor that the user inhales. Now, nicotine, which comes from tobacco leaves, that is the drug that gets you hooked on tobacco products like traditional cigarettes and cigars, which is why experts warn that vaping could be a gateway to cigarette smoking. Um, and we, we've mentioned the health effects of, of traditional cigarette smoking. Now, we can't say for certain that vaping has the same health implications or worse health implications at the moment, but we do know what traditional cigarettes can do. The plan tobacco products and electronic nicotine delivery systems control bill. I know it's a long you know, mouthful, mm-hmm. but anyway... Uh, has not as yet been fully implemented for the past five years. And the current Tobacco Products and Control Act only prohibits some some types of marketing, but not all. And as a result, many manufacturers have in fact got away with, uh, you know, marketing their products, which research has shown is in fact harmful. Uh, which types of marketing are in fact excluded that get away under, and of course do not fall uh, under the ambit of the current bill and, and you know, not being enforced under the, the newer one? Yes, so um, the new tobacco bill has been sitting on politicians' desks for about five years. And our current legislation only prohibits some types of marketing, but not all. Uh, for example, smoking and tobacco products shown in international broadcasts are allowed, and the tobacco industry may sponsor events in certain contexts. Uh, in contrast, you know, film material produced locally is not allowed um, to air, and it also can't be advertised in magazines, newspapers, billboards, or even on TV or radio. We have seen, um, Christina, that uh, the major tobacco companies, the international ones that have got, you know, marketing um, budgets in their in their millions, if not billions, your your BAT, Philip Morris International, they, they somehow have have found ways to circumvent. Um, you know, advertising, especially when it comes to vapes, their newer e-products, not only in South Africa, but we've seen them do it, you know, internationally as well. Countries that have, in fact, got uh, stricter laws than us on tobacco advertising, well, you know what, also host events like Formula One, and, and they've been able to advertise other related tobacco products, uh, you know, circumventing the, the laws and, and remaining, you know, within a grey sort of area. How has it been in South Africa? Has this been pretty much the same? Yes, it has been the same. You know, we must remember that tobacco sponsorship has been banned in F1 since 2006. That means their logos couldn't appear on the cars or the team gear. But tobacco companies have found a way to sidestep these rules by promoting new generation products like your vapes and your nicotine pouches like Velo, which are not yet regulated in some countries like South Africa. 
So tobacco companies have used F1 as a vehicle to promote their products uh, through social media, esports, and streaming platforms uh, to target specifically young F1 fans. So, for example, in one season of Netflix's Drive to Survive series, there were over a billion minutes of tobacco branding, which was streamed globally. You know, have they also used um, other you know, uh, major events, major sporting events to brand their products. I mean, we're talking about uh, F1 here because that's the the current discussion. But has it been noticed that over the years, I mean, we've passed uh, World Cups, we've passed other premier uh, football events. Uh, the the subtle advertising of of tobacco related products does it still ever you know so sh- so show up? Um, you know, I can't really speak on, on other sporting events, but it has been frowned upon in most sports. Uh, but in F1, um, you know, they disappeared since, t- you know, from 2006. And then in 2019, they just popped up. Uh, but no, I can't really speak on, on other sporting events. Christina, the, the initial ban on tobacco-related products that we saw uh, many tobacco, uh, you know, manufacturer manufacturers disappear as sponsors of major events this was about 10 12 years ago and the inclusion of warning signs and warning messages on tobacco related you know products it primarily started as a civic uh, you know, movement. People were concerned, survivors of lung cancer, people who had lost their loved ones to various related uh, smoking and tobacco related, uh, you know, diseases where tobacco had been implicated. Uh, do you see uh, civic society as strong as they are now in this pushback that we don't want a resurgence of this type of advertising? You know, we have wonderful, uh, you know, civic organizations that are fighting fiercely against the tobacco industry's, you know, advertising tactics. Uh, so, yes, I, I believe that civic society is stronger than ever. You know, we know the effects that tobacco smoking has, you know, not just on adults, but on the youth. And those are the ones that we need to protect. Christina Pitt, thank you so much for joining us on behalf of the Bekisisa Center for Health Journalism with this uh, with this discussion. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Junaid.